Welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie. And tonight we are joined for the fifth time by the fabulous Jimmy. We we reserve the right to validate yeah. that. Uh, I think it's been validated. <laughs> okay. I think we did this last Jimmy, time. Jimmy, we your special jacket is times. on its way. It's yes. coming to you. Well, the smoking well, jacket. Can, let's see if we can name the movies. Uh, LA oh, Confidential. God. Jurassic Park. Cass- no, I was not on for Jurassic oh, Park. Jurassic Park, for Jurassic Park was our second. Was our second? You weren't even on Jurassic. I was Park on Jurassic episode. Park. Well, how the about second that? episode we ever did. I'm sorry. Uh, Ca- Casablanca. Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diner, which we're doing today. You said face Ellie Con- off. Don't <gasps> forget face off. Guys. Guys. Don't forget that. And what was the other one? Independence Day. Uh, no, I think it was. Uh, was it Back to the Future? Yeah, oh, very good. Just, yes, we had, very we had good. to spend the first half hour. Remember when that, that town got all to the porny? Was a I do remember. And uh, Same no, time guys, <laughs> thank you for inviting me back. I was worried that I was in podcast jail from having you uh, made you watch and talk about Face Off. Oh um, my God, no, we've no, seen no, no, so no, much no, worse served. since then. Never so, in jail. Face Off was at least entertaining. We try and not I to wear people out. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're uh, doing us a favor. It's true. Oh, good. Yeah, nice. Well, you guys know they are making a remake of Face Off. I will absolutely yeah, watch right? it. So you know, I, mean, I love both of them. Know. Some people share my, yeah. my own feelings for it. So. I was excited. What, what 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 are the balls to make a remake of Face Off? Oh, Could so you big. imagine if they put the same two actors in it again? Yeah, like that. They do. That would be the best. Just do a face it. Yeah, don't change again. anything about and, it. The same. And considering it was like John Woo after he had like for me worn out his stylistic Woo, welcome. welcome. We need Zack Snyder to direct this. <laughs> oh, you just make Keenan vomit. But the- oh my god, <laughs> dying. Uh, well, we're very excited to have Jimmy on today as we discuss Barry Levinson's 1982 coming of age dramedy Ooh. Diner. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode: What is everybody drinking this episode? And as uh, many of us are educators, and the school year's over, people Cheers. are probably stepping up their game. Maybe yeah. here, Jim. What do you got? I have like a um, it's like a sugar. Well, it's not sugar free because there's alcohol in it, but it is. There's no simple syrup. Um, okay, kind of like an old fashioned. It's like that King Kong thing. So it has a little bit of banana liqueur oh. and yesterday was National Burbing Day. Burbing. Bourbon. 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 Rye. Rye whiskey tonight. Right. Fabulous. I am drinking Loverboy, mm-hmm. which felt oh. like an appropriate uh, beverage yeah. for, for, yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it felt nostalgic. Yeah. Nostalgic it of the time. It sounds like a song it from does. the soundtrack I of think this there film. is a song called Loverboy. <laughs> the Oneaters. Um, yeah, it's a sparkling hard tea. Delicious. Yes. In fact, Loverboy is a film, I believe, starring Patrick Dempsey. Is it, it is. not as, yes, as it a is. pizza oh, yeah, delivery as a pizza delivery yeah. boy? Extra there's anchovies. Actually, uh, there's no sugar in this. That was the cue. Like if if a woman Monks ordered a juice. yeah, if someone like, uh, ordered a pizza extra with extra anchovies, anchovies, it was that he was supposed to go have sex with a woman. How did I never see that movie? Really, I love Patrick Dempsey. Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah, I know of the movie, and I don't know how. Like you saying that, I'm like, I never saw that. Kirstie Alley's in it, I think. Oh, she absolutely. We have to, wa- we have to watch absolutely that. Absolutely, we have to watch that. I think she's one like of the, the one of the moms from uh, Put It on the Nally. List. Listen, is Put on it? it on the list. Uh, Jimmy, what are you drinking, guys? I'm not drinking anything right now. Okay, but oh. I am going to you grab get some something water. halfway through. I think yes, yes, okay. or get some fries with gravy on it. I feel Ooh. like that might be oh, okay. right, right, oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Roast beef sandwich. Do you think what kind of gravy do you think they have on it's this? It's like a beef. That? It's like a beef. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Really what it is. Okay. A dark, very dark, <laughs> like a, like, a, like a poutine, like a like yeah. A, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, I could see that. All right. But it's like poutine, like without the not poutine. Right, right, right. It's yeah. Diner fries. Yeah, lovely. I don't like it. Uh, I am drinking Lord Hobo Museum Triple IPA. That's I mean, very pretty. Those are just a lot of words. That looks like that a, that looks like a Gatsby or a Searcy. Yeah. 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 That is part of their special uh, like, release like, series. Searcy. What? It, is. I felt like, it looks like the book cover for oh. the. For, I felt like, you know, it's it, kind of old school going back. It, it does look very, very fancy. Grecian. I would have loved to have uh, purchased some Natty Bow, but that is not nice. in... Well no, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Not in that old no. can. We're going to Baltimore in a week and a half. I, I mean, could have gotten got it some, for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, pick me up some anyway. Speaking of the, yeah. the, the, like, anyway. the Baltimore-ness of the products in this, I just want to get it right off the bat. 
they let Mickey Rourke eat about five tablespoons of sugar in one point in this yes. movie, and no one. It acts, they act like it's just totally what you normal. do. Yeah. Well, if you're on <laughs> as much cocaine as was probably being down there, poured, that's like nothing. Poured the sugar into his right mouth. in his mouth. I mean, it does feel like also, the these are teenagers. The, yeah. Well, yeah, we yeah. have to talk about that. Well, that they seem like they are all right, on something. They are. They're yeah. all on something. Okay. All right. Who are we missing? For... Oh, we all we all did our beverage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The rundown. I think I'm batting a thousand weeks. since the All-Star break. You really, you've stepped you up, up your game. Yeah. Yeah, proud of you. You kind of bottomed out there for a while. You didn't, you didn't care anymore. It's the one thing no, in my life really I can control is this little button. <laughs> 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 if you go to the Fells Point Diner in Baltimore, 1959, odds are you'll catch a group of friends busting each other's balls over the regular stuff. Who owes who money? Who's getting married? Who's getting a job? Who got a girl to touch his penis? The usual. Right now, the guys are preparing for Eddie's wedding to Elise. That is, if she passes his test of cults trivia. Eddie is not the only one with drama, though. Boogie has a bit of a gambling problem that's getting a little tricky. Billy just found out that his best friend is pregnant with his baby and uninterested in marrying him. Shrevy doesn't really know how to do the husband thing. And Fenwick seems to be dead set on ending up in prison or a grave. Wow, I didn't I really have anything to say about Modell. Ever written out. I don't think you need to say anything okay. about Modell. Modell. He holds everything together. Just wants yeah. to steal He's everybody's stuff. He's the glue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Diner. Time for grade of the week on a scale of A plus through Jurassic World Dominion, which is an F, even though we haven't discussed it on this <laughs> or watched this for this show. We're just going to use that for the rest of probably the history of this show. Uh, where would you grade Diner? Jimmy, I, by the way, Katie, that was a great summary for a movie that doesn't really have like a plot. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just a series of vignettes. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all coming back to me, all yep. the different scenes. Uh, I would give this a B, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen this uh, maybe twice before. Uh, I mean, this was probably the first time I'd seen it in the last 15 years. And it, it definitely hit me different this time than I remember it hitting me. Um, it wasn't as funny as I remember it being before. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's kind of a strange movie cause it, it has this like unsentimental naturalistic style, you know, the whole like interplay between the guys I think is this movie's calling card, but it's a coupled with situations that in moments that are like pretty absurd and would never actually happen. And it's kind of unique in that respect, which I liked, but um, yeah, I never, I never quite knew how I felt about these guys who were, were like man children, you know I mean? Yeah. I, I took them to be what they're in, they're in their twenties, right? They're like early, just out yeah. of college. Yeah. Age, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a coming of age story, about you know uh, featuring men who are way older than they should be for to, to learn the kind of lessons that they are, are learning and, and some of the things that they're they're thinking about um and i i wish they had explored other elements of them and it wasn't always like through like the way they view and interact with women like that was like the whole thing with them but um I don't know. I did look it, you know, the acting I thought was fantastic. I do love a good story that just gives me kind of like slice of life. Like give me, give me the vibe of like 1950s diner culture, you know? Yeah. Um, cause, cause you kind of get it. You, you feel that with them. And I, I certainly do admire that. So it, it's kind of a tale of two movies for me, but I, I did, I did enjoy it even, even now many, many years later after I had seen it, uh, for the first time. So I give it a B. Uh, Katie. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've, I've been really, <laughs> really working through like how, how I feel about this movie. Yes, this was your selection here. <laughs> yeah. You had not like, seen I'm, it, right? I'm still sitting with it. Um, the, the one thing that I feel like is leaning my grade higher is I can see how this movie influenced filmmakers um, shifting away from that standard plot conflict resolution um, into more of a slice of life sort of story. Uh, I totally agree with Jimmy. Where you know, I'm, I'm still not sure how I'm supposed to feel about the characters, and I think the the question mark there really irks me <laughs> because, like, I was really thinking through. I'm like, okay, so 1980s men writing about 1950s men, which would be their like fathers, grandfathers' generation. 
Are we giving that? Are we saying boys will be boys? Are we saying, gosh, that those were bad times? If we're unsure at the end, then I feel like maybe we haven't done the best job. <laughs> like, it, it feels well, like a big question mark. Barry so Levinson anyway, I didn't give my... I didn't but, give my... But he was, just to clarify, the yeah, writer Barry. of this was 18 in 1959. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. So, so, so he's writing of his... Yeah, it was of his genre. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So anyway, I was going B+. 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 Okay. Jim. Yeah, I'm going with a B as well. Um, I I do think that there is some ambiguity of like how you are supposed to feel about this, and I wonder if sort of the magic trick of this movie is that if you see it when you're 18, mm. you feel a certain way about it. And this is probably totally not intentional. It's just a sign of the times, and you see it now at 40 plus after. The Me Too movement and right. yeah, right. I, it, it, yeah, yeah, it feels like time. Well, this this also yes, like, but it is a time piece. Yeah, I, it that's is. the one thing I I would say about it, which probably saves it it's more true. than if you did a contemporary film or even a film from just no. prior to the Me Too movement. Right, I and think that, and I think it's important that it was at least as far as I can tell. It seems truthful to like these characters. It's not. Yes. It's not um, a caricature of people. Like like the any of the things that that happened or, or like, and I know Jimmy said there's like absurd things in this movie. Those things aside, I think there are there are like real like the, these are the real thoughts and, and I, minds of these. People. I agree. Each of these characters for me felt like like I could place a person that <laughs> yeah. I know in that spot and be like, oh, that's this person. Like they felt very believable people. Yeah. But I, but what you're saying about the teenage lens for me is problematic because I'm like, if if there's that's a, not uh, oh yeah, All right. I just think well, if if folks could watch this and be like, hey, these guys are cool. <laughs> I well, want to be like that. <laughs> then, then I don't know. Well, we that, could delve that into feels that. Feels like I, an issue. I, I'm going to go with Jim and Jimmy. I gave it a B. Uh, I think the stuff that works really works, and then it's very uneven. And I'm willing to give that off to this is Barry Levinson's first movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like it has the feel of someone's first movie. You know, he had been a good he had been a screenwriter that had done some really good stuff. And Mel Brooks, actually, was the one who encouraged him to write this movie. Um, But there's just there's weird choices in this. And that's fine sometimes. Like like we talked about Jurassic World last week. You make like batshit choices sometimes in movies. But you're like, okay, this is in a movie with CGI dinosaurs and maybe you can get away with it where you have a really naturalistic feel and it's a character study piece to then have certain scenarios that are just so ridiculous. So what it is, so ta- I, I, I would like love it, to talk yeah, so like, it, it so like, takes you out of the but, vibe of the movie. So what, at, what are the most times. absurd things that happen? Well, some I'm okay with absurd. Let me do a comparison of two things which are, are, are prominent in this, but yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure how to feel about it. One, I mean, we just got to get out of the way right away. Mickey Rourke cuts a hole in a popcorn box so his penis can be touched okay, so on a date. I've heard of that. And I don't know. So here's where I'm like, yeah. was that folks who were inspired by this movie? Maybe. I've well, Katie, heard, you know that, and I haven't uh, seen this movie, movie before. Popcorn butter is the third highest selling lubricant in America. <laughs> little, little known fact. Little Wait, known I don't fact. know if he's serious. Or not. He's not serious. <laughs> it's not a commercially available lubricant. Okay. It's like, I, I would I'm, never I'm don't apply market, that to your skin. I don't think that really should be on your skin. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's sensitive. one. But, okay, I'm, but here's that's, my point. But I'm, those things I'm like the Steve Gutenberg story of like the reach around, like. There are ridiculous stories of teenage boys doing things to get their penis touched. No, no. My point is I'm okay with that one because that's kind of ridiculous. The part where it kind of threw me a loop, like, why are they doing this? Is when Mickey Rourke tries to have an affair, but 
Is it supposed to be an affair or what it it's is? All you need the money. Get the bet. I know. Like that's where I get to the point where you're Jimmy, you kind of brought up the beginning. I don't know how to feel about these characters. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm okay with that sometimes. Like I think the they're all supposed it, to be horrible humans, except I, for Billy. I know. And Modell, that's, maybe? I, I well, and, that, and again, that it's like a lot of, of gray. That really kind of, I don't know if that was earned. I just thought that the playoff of that was so weird. I, yeah. I don't know. That was something the, that just took me out of it. Because it, that's like something that's such a degenerate potential move there that it's mm-hmm. like... I. I I almost can't even look at that character anymore, and I don't care that he got bailed okay, out at the but end. But, no, I do. So I I thought I got who that character was, and I was like, oh, he's going to go through with this. Like, this is, like yeah. I could see that playing all the way through. I mean, he's like bottom-of-the-barrel kind of guy. Yeah, and the problem, the problem I had with both that element and then, you know, the whole dick-in-the-box scene, too, is, like, also the film's treatment of, like, him the just like, explaining to the girl, like, oh, I didn't mean it. Yeah, like, oh, and she's, yeah. Like, yeah. How manipulative he really, is. They made me feel so icky. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. He's, you know, it's almost like gaslighting her where it's like, he's huh? just like oh, yeah. no, no, you're okay. You're still a good girl. But, I, I like it. But she's how? Like, oh, okay. Both girls were like, oh, okay, that's fine. You know? Yeah. But how weird. I don't know if you felt this, but in those moments, I was like, I was, I was like, I believe that he could pull this. Off. I, I, I felt the same that way. That character, like, well, his I felt the same way. I yeah. think is great. It may be kind of, but like those people, that that person exists. Oh, I, I completely yeah. agree. I don't think it's an unrealistic character, and I think the acting was very good. It was just. I know it was just a weird choice. I think I, I we are supposed to feel what, really icky about yeah, him. Like that, think, that one feels clear to me. Are, are we? Because he, get, so. he gets that romantic gesture at the end yeah, when he's weird. riding with the girl. Like yeah, that's also weird. But, but she like, seems more powerful than him. Yeah. Like she seems like I don't know. He's entered into a whole different ballgame. That's just character is very okay. weird. So here's the other thing okay. I, I want to consider about this movie is that you know a lot of times with like when you talk about an artist's first like foray into something, whether it's their first mm. record, their first movie, they are almost. I would say like you, you are probably getting the closest thing that is like real to their life in that moment. Mm. Right. They've had their whole life to build to this one moment, everything else they just have since the last time they did it. Right. So like you have your whole life to make your first movie and then you have whatever, a couple of years to make your second. That, right. Yeah. I'm wondering if like a lot of this is just collected ideas and stories that he heard. So like some of the wackiest shit, that you see on like the sitcom, like the Goldbergs, you're like, that would never effing happen. <laughs> right. And then you get to the end of the show and they show Adam Goldberg's VHS tapes from when he was a kid of his dad saying the exact same crazy shit that you see in the episode to basically prove and be like, no, real life is fucking nuts sometimes. Yeah. No. And so, I like, mean, I wonder. Rigid. That's true. If, if he just didn't. It was true. If he, a lot of it was. If it was, maybe it's all true. And he just didn't have a deft enough enough director style or writing style to to give it enough gravitas to make it, it feel. There real. was nothing in this know. movie that felt unbelievable to me. It all felt very believable. What about the the quiz? Yeah, to tell that was real. Yep. He based that on his like uncle or yep. something. Like totally. That. Now that a guy would do that, yes, would, would, yes. he did marriage off of that did, quiz. Did Steve Gutenberg's now whether somebody would actually kill come... himself in real life when the Baltimore Colts left? <laughs> town? Good question. Yeah, now, Jimmy, I, you know the like to what to what extent question? You know, like would somebody actually call off their wedding? Well, he didn't. By the way, she failed, and he didn't. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like to set up the structure. Yes. Yes. I'm like, 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 I'm they were all standing around and they yeah. were waiting for it to happen, like this so major serious. event. I'm like, all these guys are complicit in this. Yeah, really I agree. I believe it. I believe people in the it. young tip would be complicit. Now, in that. here's my question, though, about that scenario. So, director's choice, we never see Elise's face. And that yeah. is clearly a decision that's made, right? So, here's the thing. This is like licorice pizza, right? Why is the woman always running? This is what I've been running through my head in the past 48 hours. We watched this in two sections. Um, you see lots of other women. So this isn't mm. a movie where like we don't see women because that is also a choice. 
we see women. We see wives. We see girlfriends. We see best friend. We see dancer. We see all different kinds of women. Why don't we see Elise? I was surprised because I couldn't remember the ending. I thought to me thematically what they were trying to do is at the very end, you were going to turn and see her and that was supposed to signal kind of the changing of life. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And that, what a, and I would have been in on that. And I was yeah. like, oh, wait, that didn't come. So and then to me, I, I was like, is this supposed to be about him? Is no, this, yeah, yeah. So I is think, this about Eddie's character that like he doesn't see the, her? The way I took, the way I kind of take this movie is that and and it's weird because you do get it with um, what's her name? Shree, uh, Shree Ellen Barkin. and Ellen Barkin. Yeah. yeah, you see her, but like for the most part, all of these guys are dealing with relationship issues where you don't get a lot from the other side. I don't know. I feel like you get a lot with Willie's story. We spend a lot of time at the TV studio with Billy. Will Billy. Bill. Sorry, Willie Billy. Uh, no, I know him but, and his best friend. Like, yeah, that, and, we get and, a lot they, of that story. Yeah, he does a good job of writing a writing exposition of that relationship without that it relationship might weird. be is intriguing to me because to me, but I we're not talking about that one. I was talking about the other one. <laughs> I, I know, but you brought but it. God damn it! <laughs> you let I'm us in. Off my you point let us down Jim the road. <laughs> I don't it sidetracked me. I, what right, I, what I right. was saying is like specifically maybe with that character with uh, what's his name? The Colts guy. Eddie. With Eddie. Eddie. Look at me with names, his, by the way. He, she bad. doesn't even matter to the shit that he's going through. Ooh. Like it doesn't it matter is, who it is. It's inconsequential. Yes. I it's just another. That. It's just. Yeah. That's another fair, person. What did so she we hear nothing do? about her? We, yeah. yeah. We really. What did she do we to hear change her voice? his point of view to marry her? He made that decision completely, almost unrelated to her. Yeah, and all the things he's worried about really have nothing to do with her. It's very all the shit he's piling on to what this marriage is going to be. So it is. So so then that would go along with my thought that it's it's about him. Yeah, it's not so much like filmmakers. Oh, and then I mean character. It's information about ca- that character. But it's not even just him. It's all of them, right? I mean, that's what the end of the movie well, is sort of saying, right? Like, look at these like sh- that freeze frame ending, which I hate with such a... I kind of like love it. It's like iconic. Do, no, but I, I kind of like it in this movie movies. because well, it's, it's, the, it's great and chances are. I mean, that's this, the film that's really... <laughs> this one makes me think that, like, that's actually Barry Levinson going, look at these fucking idiots. Maybe. I mean, it's a freeze frame. I don't... know. The other thing about it is to back to Katie's point. The Tim Daly, the Billy character, to me, is likable. Yeah, and I agree. It's interesting. <laughs> he's been one... systematically punching someone in the face since yeah, I mean, high yeah. school. Maybe, maybe he's the most well, likable. That's actually a great story. Only one like each person story. one time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But my point is, I think where this film struggles in some ways and i think barry levinson actually does a great job of of this when he carries it over to homicide as a tv show i think it's very difficult where you don't have a film that has a focal point to it you know that can drive narrative and this is a film where at points i'm not quite sure where i'm supposed to be so you feel you're not rooted in any one story enough. If you do it as a long form thing like TV, you can have multiple storylines going on because you can do it week after week after week. And it eventually pays off as you get to know these characters more. But you just get so little of each character here. Do I care that much about Steve Butenberg's experience? It's like that. That's not a full story. In no, I care more here. about Elise. And, but it's but that's but that's I'm, what I mean. You know. It's. No, but I think not seeing her, you're more, that's you're sympathetic where I get to a her. little bit. Like that's, yeah, that's where I get a little bit detached. I'm like, it is like Jimmy said at the beginning, it's a series of vignettes, which is fine, but it's almost like they should have been more disconnected vignettes and somehow mm-hmm. tied together. Well, you know, in, in that respect. Yeah. I mean, one of the unifying elements, I guess, is like their perspective of 
you know, of women and what it means to like be married is like, oh, you know, this, this next transition, this next phase in your life. And like a wife is not like, you know, it, according to them, it's like, well, it's not like a friend. It's just somebody else. Right. And it's like, I'm going to lose all my friends if I get married. Right. And they kind of have this back and forth and they always like look at women that they might have serious relationships with in that way. Right. It's like a separate thing. Like I can't have a friendship with a, with a woman who becomes my wife. Right. Because it's like, Oh, you're going to lose our friends, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, no, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. And I feel like they, they all struggle with that idea. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I honestly, let's be like, if you think about when we grew up, I feel like that narrative was still around yes. well into the nineties. Yes. Absolutely. was. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I do, I, I wish I, I didn't want to read anything that Barry Levinson said prior to, to this, just because I, I do find it fascinating because I do think there, what I got out of this movie is m- more of a, a, not a, not a condemnation of the characters, but more of like these guys are fuck ups. Like not not a, like these are awful people, but like this is what kind of screwed up people I was around when I was this age. I guess so. Yeah, I, I uh, think so, that's yeah, that's a great I, point, Jim. I do but, I do think it's hard to to disconnect your own like you are going to judge those characters one way or another mm-hmm. from sort of like the moment you meet them because we get such strong pieces of dialogue and you know and and action really to like see who they are right like we we see who they are and so it's hard to then shut that down and really shift into like what does the filmmaker want us to believe Mm -hmm. i do think there's a lot of gray and i do think that that's intentional yeah i agree oh it's absolutely intentional i i one of the things i do like about it is any of these films and and they're they're more rare right you you get a there's a huge selection of high school coming of age movies, right? Like senior year films and things like that. And and you get, but this window of this transitional phase of they're supposed to be in their young twenties, right? Transitioning out of college or and that's, being teens but that's into tricky, that. Right? That is, but I think that is a really interesting element that is, is certainly been mined in other films through the years. But I do think that, those people strike chords with you. You don't necessarily yeah. have to love the characters there, but it makes you think about that experience. And it's one of those transitions in life that I don't think is probably adequately discussed how difficult that transition is. I totally and agree. That right? film deals with it, which is I, which was one of the really interesting things that I like about the movie because you do start thinking about that. So and it's can I dig in there a little films. bit? Yes, because so I think it, it is interesting that he's writing this in the eighties, and now for us to be looking at it. 40 years later when you think about like well who was i so number one i think age is a little nebulous at the beginning of the movie and i do think that that is purposeful i I think that those first few minutes they seem very much like teenagers and it feels more like a high school dance because they are dating teenagers there you go right right right. so then so then when they start commenting on the age of the girl then i'm like okay so is he more like I don't know, just out of high school, right? Like, is he, he's dating a junior in high school. This is the Kevin Bacon character. Um, but so you're still sort of like, you know, exactly how old are these guys? And it's not until they start talking about like law school, you know, like working post college that we get a sense of like, okay, they're like young, mid twenties, twenties. So knowing that, then when we're taking this like view from here and thinking through like, Oh God, like folks were like, you know, thinking thinking about all the stuff that's happening in your life when you are that age, then to throw in like getting married, like that expectation of like finding finding your person right then. I mean, I was twenty four. We were babies, but we were odd for the time. <laughs> we we were yeah. very young. I just thought like you said I it. thought they played with that notion of age in a cool way at the beginning of the film um, because the guys seemed so young. Yeah. And so then when you start getting the information of like one of them's married, one of them's getting married, you know, this guy's 
in law school or something like no, which I didn't no, I, I know no I, mean, I know but he... like but, but, but right so so that's where you're like wait well, you just saw this guy punching out the windows of a building just for mm. fun right like turning no, his he's car not the one over in law just school, for fun. no I no I know I'm sorry okay. I'm hopping around to the people yeah, yeah. right 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 but they're like they're yeah. all friends together I'm imagining that they were like all high school friends right oh, like yes. yeah they're Absolutely, friends from the yeah. neighborhood right Seems like so they're they're all the same age like when you learn about one you kind of learn about the others yeah actually i i do like sorry i I do like that like by minute 10 we really kind of get the general sense of who these guys are like they they do a great great job job differentiating that that conversation Um, in the diner the first the first time yeah Mm -hmm. they're in the booth at the diner immediately i was like this is where like i wonder how many times quentin tarantino watched this movie well that's a great because it reminded me of reservoir conversation it reminded me of the reservoir dogs madonna conversation almost exactly all those yeah. early, you have the restaurant conversation there too. Yeah, all those early indie '90s films that you look at in terms of they watched it when they were they eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thought it was and cool. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm immediately drawn to the diner sequences because that's where I see homicide. That's that's yeah. where I see that Barry Levison, the style yeah. of, of dialogue and things that you didn't see on TV that you can have just people in a room even, talking and what even that's Seinfeld be. would yeah. come Agreed. along. Yeah, absolutely. You see it. I wish and in my mind, I think it's one of those things like certain movies you're drawn to and you remember that the, the pinnacle of them. And then you go back and you're like, there's a lot less of it. Than I remember. I think most people are drawn to it because of those diner sequences and it was improv and all the dialogue is so fabulous in it. And it's almost like you wanted, I wanted more of that in this. Like that is, you know, I could have, I could have taken almost half a movie of that because that's where you really feel that bond yeah, it's between like Caddyshack. characters. It's like when the, it's like Caddyshack is great until there starts to be a plot. Yeah, right. they and, don't need a plot. Almost, yeah, right? yeah, it's like just ignore just, the plot and just let these characters like knock around into each other. In my and, and talk. In my understanding, like hearing people talk about this movie, I really did think that the majority of it took place in the diner, and I was really intrigued by that. I was surprised by how much of it happened outside of the yeah. diner. Well, the um, elements because it feels of like a play diner, at points, right? Like you could just set these characters on stage and well they they tried this actually as a tv pilot never went anywhere i i do think long-form storytelling would be really interesting for these characters with like a streaming channel or somebody if they wanted to revisit that yeah, so it would be like, like cheers i guess it would be like they just yeah. hang out every night at the yeah diner. but you can but you can roll out some of these other storylines outside of the diner. i think cheers is a great example jimmy because that literally is this yeah. is basically in a bar yeah. and yeah. they they I mean, that was there. friends it was it was just yeah, a coffee yeah. house and i yeah. mean it was such a thing um kevin bacon thank you very much i was gonna say we have to ha- before God, we wrap up yes please, yes we gotta yes. talk about him thank because you. i think i think there's three people that we need to talk about but we yeah talk about i want to yeah. talk about him but yep. I, there's some others i want to talk about too he is so interesting in this movie i mean the character i Everything about his performance to me was the highlight of this movie. He I, the conversation with his brother. Sanity. I don't know if sanity is the right word, word, but it could be. He had the yeah, Parker he, Posey energy, which is like, I'm scared to be in the same room with her because yes. I have no idea what she's going to do. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And you, you can see the fear in him too, right? Because yeah. a lot of this, as we as we know, like he actually has great potential, right? With that extended scene. Well, where he that extended scene. Yeah. Jimmy, that like, extended scene is so brilliantly written with the brother and shot. No, no where well, he's the watching brother, the trivia. Well, he's watching oh, the right, trivia. right, right, right. right, right. Another sequence, I think, might be the best acting in yeah. the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. But he, he, you know, I mean, he, like, that's where we see, like, a lot of, you know, how he behaves is like this, you know, it's theatrical performance and, and that, like, Kevin Bacon was able to, like, capture the nuance that's going on there. I thought it was great. I, I thought he did the best job in the, in the film, personally. Yeah. But I like how you referred uh, to things as a smile. Like, yes. Like a jolly man. smile. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this and is listen, a- people sometimes get in their underwear and do crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, very, so, very so wait, so the Jesus scene takes a whole other turn at the end when you realize that half of them are Jewish, I think. 
right? So like, so the, that they are Jewish He's is not, not that, a piece think. of the story, right? No. Until the wedding. Yeah. And well, you see and like, that's okay though. No, they, I know, but like, it was, but then I went back to the, like the manger scene. I'm like, I don't know. It just makes it funnier. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. funnier or right. That like he, yes, he's not. But some of the guys who come to pull him out of the church's major scene, like, yeah, and they're, they're like, come like, on, dude, get out of here. I was thinking of it as like, that's their neighborhood church, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's a like, fair point. A, yeah, right? That's like, a this fair is a 1950s point. neighborhood. It could have been the neighborhood yes. Catholic church. Yeah, 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 but it's not their church. It's not all, right? Like, right, right, right. anyway. Yeah, that whole that was, scene was bizarre though because it's like remember it was like an emergency they kept they came streaming into the movie theaters shining yes. lights we need you we need he's you in the manger. why what happened oh he's just in a manger I'm like wait Naked. you guys really needed to grab these other guys to help you get out of this that is weird. a story By Jay, the, who else did you like in this oh who were your other um, people Steve Gutenberg like he him and yeah, Paul Reiser good. together doing that doing that Abbott and Costello thing for the entire movie was incredible the timing of their of their conversation like i i would love to know like how well they knew each other before yeah. they started week. filming this and they got one week together in baltimore that's all they got cuz like the way that they react to each other is so genuine and so like paul riser has that that like I don't want to inconvenience anyone thing down so good yeah to a point where it's like oh my god like how yeah like how did he pull that off and Steve Gutenberg like attacking him for it and the whole thing with the sandwich like I just thought it was brilliant the whole time even when he breaks and he laughs at one point it's it's like the character acknowledging how absurd the conversation yeah. really is, and I Absolutely. can't believe it actually got to the place where it got. Yeah. So yeah. that, and then roll him forward to the morning with. Well, it's not the morning. Two p.m. when where Tim he, Daly yeah, shows yeah. up and the conversation with mom and the knife. Yes. And watching the way that Tim Daly acts the shit out of that. Yeah, scene. like I've seen this before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> His reaction to right? everything that needs to happen in that scene—it's incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of that was, it felt like improv to me. A lot yeah, of it no. was improv. There was a ton of improv. In fact, Kevin Bacon played his character, I guess, the way he did, because he said he was, Kevin Bacon felt he was not good at improv at all. So mm-hmm. he didn't think he could do it. And that kind of took form of his character and the way they developed his character, wow. which I thought was interesting. This is a movie up there with probably The Outsiders in terms of being a, a jumping off point. This was earlier than The Outsiders. This is like that wave slightly older. So, you know, Gutenberg, Tim Daly, uh, Bacon, Wings, Daniel get all that Stern. Wings money. Yep. But all those people hit and then it's like a couple of years, I think 85 then you get outsiders and it's Matt Dillon Swayze Cruz Emilio you know but both of these everybody who's in this j- jumps off the screen and that's exciting when you watch movies like that like we talked about Coda and some of these other movies where you see somebody and you're like no this person this is like exciting to no, watch it's so cool act. to watch these actors all in this like very young space together yeah. like yeah, and, and you know and game, jim and i were right? talking about like how they all kind of took different paths in terms of acting you know like their trajectories are different but i mean he's a, he's kind of the sweetheart of this group right sort of he's kind of innocuous like, yeah plays the biggest dirtbag ever committed to film in aliens uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well and i would say the same thing about steve gutenberg for me, this is like the creepiest Steve Gutenberg. Uh-uh. Oh, which one? The front oh, yeah, 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 right. Mars, I'm so Steve sorry. You're right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I so again, Steve somebody Gutenberg... else who has like more range than you think, right? Yeah, it's weird because I feel like Steve Gutenberg of most for most of us, we remember from as Mahoney in Police Academy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like then you start to really look at some of the things you that he was doing and you're like, no, he was doing m- more than that and these guys seemed real like they weren't none of them are too pretty for this role yeah either like except that mickey o'rourke always looks like he has mickey rourke sorry i always want to give him a no mickey rourke looks like he just (laughs) could care less about being there and that was apparently the truth like Mm -hmm. which is kind of a shame because i feel like there's a quality of this young mickey rourke that you see in movies where you're like okay 
I could see where this is going and it just gets derailed. Feels like and a young then he River disappears Phoenix. for a long time. I think River Phoenix was more talented though. Mm. The Mickey just, Rourke. Yeah, and there's just something he is sim- similar to the character of Fenwick. The real like it feels like the actor of Mickey Rourke feels like the, like yeah, he yeah. could just come unhinged at any moment. Well, <laughs> Mickey Rourke's voice too is so distinct. Yeah. You know? like, it made me want to watch The Wrestler again. Was he wearing lipstick when he worked in the I don't salon? know. I think like he I think he's just one of those people that always looks like he has makeup on. Yeah, just, <laughs> he, he is a Nicolas like Cage type for me. And, and I, Johnny I like, Depp. They always look like they have makeup on. Than oh my god. Else. I saw the best meme the other day. It was Jack White. <laughs> it said Jack White looks like Michael Sarah dressed up as Johnny Depp for Halloween. <laughs> 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 can, can we discuss just like the, one of the sequences that took me out of the movie a little bit before we end? And that was when Tim Daly starts playing the piano. At oh, the I, I oh thank you. Gosh. This might be one of the worst musical this, sequences we've seen in a like, film. Toby they could have just edited Spider-Man this out. Yeah. No, like, no, because he was really here? dancing what? in Spider Man 3. I know. This Gutenberg is really dancing. And this was at like some sort of 1950s strip club? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah it, I said this is what like I want to believe heaven is in Contra go out to a dinner? You'd call it more of like a cabaret though, right? Like no idea what you call it. Who are you looking at me? I don't know. It was it was more like, I don't want to say. my experience, Jim. I'm not saying like classy, but if we talk like. because there's musicians Like Or there's a live band, right? I don't know. They weren't like fully nude, right? I guess it's like Mrs. Mazel. Yes, right, that's what more, I was saying. I was going to say it's. I guess is it more burlesque? Yeah, burlesque. That's it's, what I meant. Thank yeah. you. That that sequence just didn't make it, any uh, sense to no. me at all. Because when, when even when he started playing and he was doing it's some sort not, of classic no. thing, why do we? What I is that? It, was, it made no sense. Those that that other musicians. But is like, that what he's in school for? I, like, no, what, what I, we that? needed we the conversation. We needed them to be there and have that conversation. We didn't need the joining up on stage, though. It was. I will say. Watching the Steve Gutenberg reaction to what was, was happening was that was great. good. <laughs> but yeah, and his dance was yeah, was, like, was, was not good. Wide. That's the, my uh, friend. But you have like, so the other thing, you have this big black guy on the on the saxophone, and you're like, this guy's gonna burn the house down on the saxophone, and no. he just plays the same thing over and over again. It goes on and on. It, that musical sequence felt like it was ten minutes long. Yeah, that, and I guarantee you it was like a minute and a half. Yep. I agree. It was so long. I do love the, and it's used, it's certainly used in this movie. I wish it was used more. The architecture, the landscape, the environment of Baltimore, I think is just a, such a rich, like landscape to mine, and they—it's they like the biggest, some the biggest some small shots, town type but, of feel, right? Yeah, and I wish they had done it maybe a little bit more of what the what the neighborhood looked like that they grew up in. That's one complaint I have. Like I, I wanted to buy into that a little bit more of what that. But I felt like you did get a sense well, when you in think their about, houses. Like, like just the little stuff in terms that of like what their yes, bedrooms the and the, I, I right and agree. then even Shrevey's like you do get the inside and outside of their house mm-hmm. and that just felt mm-hmm. very realistic to me of like you know they basically but have like the loved... cinder block and plank bookcases yeah. and you know like, yeah I love the shot where they're like leaving the diner and it's dusk and it's oh, the never... Natty bow thing like there's so much and part of this might be it was just a period piece and by the early 80s finding much in Baltimore that would be able to replicate that mm-hmm. on a budget may have been difficult to achieve but I don't know it's, I mean, I love when they use Baltimore in movies and TV shows. I think it's got such a unique look and style to yeah. it. I forget what I was going to say. It's gone. No, I'm sorry. This is more than a B movie. B, B plus. B plus. All right, well, well, there's a lot one? going on here. Can I say one quick thing? What is it about 80s movies? So I, I, I just recently rewatched the original Top Gun, right? Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's going to be a whole you, other did episode. You, did you, uh, you, listen did you get good tone, rock a boner? And, yeah. 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 Well, listen, episode. in both this movie and that movie, you have a character who's pursuing a lady, follow her into the bathroom after yeah. she's rejected him, and... Mm. They have a cute kind of conversation. Yeah. I'm like, 
Is that like a thing? Like, did people back then just think that was okay? No, they didn't they think, think it was okay, cool. but they didn't think there was anything to do about it. Like, men thought it was okay, and women. Do you think didn't men actually audiences. did that, or do you think that like men men who don't who had trouble with women think that that's a cool thing to write about? Oh, tricky, tricky. Um, but yes, both. I so I and I don't want to cast a broad net here were there men who did that and thought it was okay yes were there men who thought it was cool to write about it yes yeah both of those things maybe they (sighs) were just uh in favor of gender neutral bathrooms they're cutting edge they were ahead of their time they were progressive just throwing that one out there too therefore uh listen I, I this is an enjoyable movie. It's on HBO Max. If anybody has HBO Max, I would I would watch it. I think it it clearly has an influence on movies, television, and a mm-hmm. lot of art moving mm-hmm. forward. And I love it. The pace of it is fast. Yeah, it it, mm-hmm. it moves. It's a good movie. Yeah, for um, a movie without like a, a a mean spine, it is like endlessly entertaining. Right? Yep. Like you're you're just you're okay to to watch from one scene to the next, even if they're yeah, like you- unrelated. And even if you hate the characters, you're like this yes. motherfucker. Oh, now this. Mother- you want to know? Yeah, yeah. but you want to see this. what's going Exactly. All right, that's perfect. Watch Diner, uh, King of the Hill, Bottom of the Barrel. Better than Coda? No. I still no, like Coda not. better. Yep. Yeah, and it's certainly not Father of the Barrel. Yep. All right, it's time for double feature. Uh, what film would you pair with Diner to create your perfect double feature? I just I have to throw this out here because we got this right before the yep, show. This is a on. great pick. And such a great pick from a commenter. Brett picked Beautiful Girls, which was on the You've Scranton. never seen it? Oh, it is. Oh, Katie. It was on the it's an Ed, um, Tano, what's his name? Uh, television Burns, network right? every Can you no, give me a little give me something? Matt Dillon and Remind uh, me what's going No, on. didn't he write yeah. didn't Ed Burns Young direct Natalie it? Portman and it's uh, who else is it? Michael Rappaport and Uma Thurman. It this is uh, God. Who else is no nope. Timothy Hutton? Never right? saw it. Am I right? Yeah. right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Written by Ted uh, Scott Rosenberg. Ted Demi directed it. Yeah, Ted Demi directed it. This was literally on cable uh, in Scranton on the TV Movie Channel. Once every, I don't know months. how I missed it then because I watched and Martha. recorded all the movies. Watcher of the screen. Mm-hmm. I, I watched all of the movies on that, yes. but somehow I missed this it, one. It used to for David many Arquette. months. It was a for many months. It I was want, like, deleted to late night want, with Brian like, Costello. It was beautiful, my, beautiful girls. Uh, late night with Brian Costello. Those were the things that were yeah, no. uh, So I just had to throw that out because I hadn't thought of that movie in ages, and I loved that it was right. uh, choice. Uh, who would like to share their double feature? Katie, how about you share? Let your Jimmy go first so we don't steal. Oh, Jimmy, do you have yours? Okay. I do have one. Yes. All right, perfect. Oh. Um, have you guys seen Big Night? Yes. Oh. I love it's been Big Night. a Knight. long time, I, though. I feel like this would, it's also, you know, it also kind of like, now that's a 90s movie, but it harkens back to the 1950s about a failing restaurant that has like one night to kind of like get its act together before it, it's forced to close. And, um, it has a very similar vibe, you know, it's all, it's a character centric film, uh, some, a lot of heart, you know, some comedy, some drama, um, and one of the most incredible long takes at the end of a movie I've ever seen. It's like the, the final oh, scene. Oh, it's Stanley like Tucci, right? Yes. In fact, yeah, yeah. I think he wrote it or directed it. And Tony Shalhoub? Uh, he yes. wrote it and directed it. I love that Stanley man. Stanley Tucci wrote it. Yeah, it's so good. Campbell Scott. Oh, we've got to watch this. World Dominion, unfortunately. <laughs> we've got to watch this. I love some Mini yes, Driver. Please. Yes, yes, please. Uh, good pick, Jim. Uh, well done. Fabulous pick. That's a deep dive. Katie. Uh, I just need to say I did watch Beautiful Girls because I remember very clearly Natalie Portman plays a young girl, yes. correct? And there's very a weird, very Juno-esque. Weird that one stuck with me. That one stuck yeah. with me. Yep. It's like very much like Juno now that I think yep. about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, definitely did watch that. Locked it away. Uh, I recommend pairing this movie with The Women, which is a Ooh. 1939 film that has been inducted into many of the lists of, you know, mm. the films of the time. Um, it is an all-female cast. It was based on a play that had 180 speaking roles, uh, none of them. They, so the whole idea was, like, there would never, there was no picture, voice, or actor. 
who was male, which was a big deal in the 1930s. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and it's, but it's a, it's a comedy and it's not, it's not women behaving well. It's, you know, it's, but Jack Lemon plays them all. No, it's Joan Crawford, <laughs> which is basically <laughs> female Jack Lemon. Um, where, where can we find this? I don't know where we can stream. We'll have to look up where we can stream it. Maybe but this Criterion. was like my, my brother like loves it's this movie. Actually, you can watch it on HBO Max right now. Yeah. Yeah. Up yeah. There, so. All right. so this is, is one of those movies where they've like tried to remake it. I think there's like a Meg Ryan version. There it is. is not, yes, there absolutely is. Apparently is it is hot trash. So really no, just bad. watch the original. Watch the original. Yeah. I recommend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jim. I have two and I'm struggling. Okay. I'm going to go with... Um, Mm. Promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. strong choice. And I think it's because there's like an an analog between these like normal guys being shitty towards women that that goes right towards these normal guys being shitty towards women mm-hmm. in in promising young woman. Like I don't think you're supposed to think in either movie that these men are out of the norm. Yes. Um, Fabulous. So if you're going heavy, I would go with that. If you want to have a lighter experience, uh, hairspray. Oh, mm. good choice. Yeah, little Baltimore 1950s good action. Yeah, go with the go with the um, what's a, a Travolta as the as the oh, mom? As the mom. One. Oh, Very good. Harvey yes. Weinstein. Yeah. yeah, lovely. Uh, my choice is old school. Mm-hmm. A little comedy. Mm-hmm. What happens if you went a decade later in these people's lives and they have kids and they still have not become adults? Mm. That's what you see in old school, which now is on my list of movies I have to watch this weekend. Yeah. Because <laughs> since we, uh, all right, those are double feature. All right, it's time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Why? All right, it is time for five questions with Jimmy. Uh, this might be a first. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've used this as a five questions question before, but not with Jimmy. And listen, it's sitcom gold. Uh, Jimmy, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the Tim Daly? On the Sandpiper Airlines, uh, NBC sitcom, Wings. Wings. Thomas Hayden Church. That was, that was long Steven time ago. Weber. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Steven Church Weber. was like third billing on that. Yeah, show. well. What uh, was your thought on Wings? Listen, I have never seen Wings. Yeah, Full disclosure. Oh. Listen, the 90s were a lost decade for me because I lived Singapore. overseas and I had no, I had no time. I, I got, had movies. I did not have TV. <laughs> so, uh, I have, I am ashamed to say I have no, don't never be ashamed. You're good. seen it. You're all You're good. Good. That will I've be, never uh, heard anybody go with speak down. so enthusiastically about it. <laughs> no. so. There will be a Amazon delivery at your address tomorrow morning, sir, with the complete collection, which I just purchased. Criterion on my edition. Phone okay. Four, five, you get the extras for you. Don't, <laughs> you worry of tim daly uh, waxing poetically about yes. when he used to be on diner there you go. yes that's <laughs> great uh here's a question for you jimmy uh better performance daniel stern in the baseball comedy rookie of the year or mickey rourke in the erotic crime thriller white sands and i do remember white sands uh sort of remember it um i have to, i have to go with rookie of the year when you know, he gets stuck between buddy, the doors. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, the doors of the hotel. Whenever I whenever oh, I go into a hotel God. and I see the those, seats, I think about seats. that. Yeah. He, his character is so, like, buffoonish. It's, it's like, you know, you st- I haven't seen that movie in, I don't know, two decades or something. But I still so remember good. moments from that movie. I'm like, you've got to go with that. He's, he's underrated. Specifically, Home Alone. Like he, yeah, he's in well, Home Alone. Is, he should. There's a like a real argument that those guys both him, he and Pesci both should have been nominated for something because that scream with the spider so is one of the greatest things so ever good. on film. Uh, <laughs> question three, fill in the blank. Question, Jimmy. If you were going to open a diner, you'd name it. I would name. Well, look. I when I go to a diner, I love the 
just getting the breakfast foods, no matter what time of day. So I'd probably call it breakfast for dinner because that's all it. we would all right. have is breakfast. Well, that's yeah. a good breakfast one. For dinner. That is a, a good, good one. Day. That's it. Fabulous. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this guy. I've always loved him. Uh, what's your favorite Steve Gutenberg film? Uh, I, I mean, listen, I only know him. I, I don't know him from Veronica Mars. I have not seen that or any of his later, later <laughs> stuff. I know him from, I'm sorry. I only know him from like his eighties and nineties stuff, right? Like that's where he was like in everything. Yeah, that's his wheelhouse. Yep. Agreed. So, uh, you know, I, I'd have to, I guess I'd have to say police Academy because that was a big part of my childhood. I mean, I don't know. I, they're, they're all, they all blend together for me. Right. Cause it's like those days when you were you're a young kid in the summer and you turn on the TV and one of inevitably there'd be one of the police academies on right and it would be like okay well whichever one it is you know there's you couldn't watch it once he left by the way oh no no once mahoney was gone and by the way you could you know you could watch any of those movies from like you know the the three quarters point and you would still know exactly what's going on yeah whatever you know so i love cocoon by the way Mm. i have not seen that in since and he's really good actually really good uh, all right. Final question. Deep thoughts question here. Jimmy, we just got a little bit of a preview, I think, to this answer. You're going to a diner tonight. Give me your order. What are you getting? Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely getting, uh, you know, what? I, I'd get an omelet. I'd get an omelet. I think that's that's one of my go to's, you know, it's what like kinds, what kind of putting anything Ooh, in it. Yeah. You yeah, throw in, in everything you can. I go down the list. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I'm a meat lover with some veggies in there. Do it. I, awesome. I've, I've never this really had This is not an egg omelet. white omelet. This oh, is no. A, this oh, no. Is a, I love one. No, I'm right no, there with you, Kenny. Do you it. prefer the um, shredded hash brown or the cubed hash mm. brown? Oh. Mm. I think shredded. I think, I think I've, it's, it's, it's been growing on me. Yeah. That more what, sort of like what type yeah. of toast? White uh, I just get the white white toast. Yeah, some butter on it. I wouldn't. I, I don't normally eat toast otherwise. But if I'm at a, a diner, diner, you gotta do at, it. What's your drink? It's, it's part what of it. Yeah. Drinking? That's a great question. What's what are you having? What are you drinking? What's the beverage? Well, if it's not a coffee, I don't know. It'd be you know what I, I you know whatever get get a lemonade something like that. You know, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. lemonade. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. All right, that is five questions. Uh, recommendation time. Does anybody have anything they're watching, listening to, reading that oh, we should be involved? The in? Smartless recent. Smartless episode with Bradley Cooper might be their best. It might be their best. And it's because it's Bradley Cooper. I mean, he just elevates the whole. He he takes it away. Strizand. Takes it away. Licorice pizza. What's the. Smartless with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. It's their podcast. Oh, okay. And every every week they have like a secret guest. One of them brings on. The other two don't know who they're bringing. Oh, that's cool. episode. They don't do much with that other than say, like, I brought this person. There's no, like, game or anything about it, but... Uh, Jimmy, anything you've been up to that we should be listening to, Uh, watching, or reading? There is a movie, guys, that uh, hopefully one day you will get to on this podcast. I don't know. Maybe you've seen it. It's called uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I watched it this week. Oh, Jim, so I just saw it. I need this. I uh, loved it. I saw it in the theaters twice and I barely make it out to the theaters anymore. So that's saying something. Um, and it's just one of those movies you watch and I'm like, I have to watch it again. Jimmy, There's so much going on. The thing that that movie did for me. And I went on a little rant in our group text with Brian and the guys from, hmm. from pop Adam. It reminded me and affirmed my position that you do not need to give up plot. You do not need to give up great characters to have an action movie. Oh yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It melts. And you don't it, need it, to give up emotional yeah. arc. No, absolutely. It's one of those rare movies, right, that works on this literal like thrilling level because obviously it's like inspired by the Matrix and stuff like that, but it also has so much heart, so much emotion. It lands its final scenes so well. It is it is one of the few movies I would say is like a perfect movie from and start to finish. Why isn't Data in every movie? That dude. Why, yes, where has he been? So, where has he been? Apparently, well Keenan told me that he like um, basically retired because yeah, he wasn't getting he any roles. Like, get, couldn't get good roles. And then he saw wow. when he saw Crazy Rich Asians, he was like, oh, "I think I'm going to get back into acting." Wow! Well, he was Glad phenomenal. That he That's was the movie, by the way, that thrown back into acting. Uh, Jim, anything? Or well, you just that was that was Jimmy took it. That was what I was going to say. I watched watched it this week. Fabulous! I watched. Uh, Here's my review of Jurassic World Dominion. My kids liked it. That's all I'll say about it. 
other than we, we're now classifying You'll say horrible things about so many things, but you won't Wait, say a horrible right. thing about a movie. I, I, I said earlier in the episode, Jim, that it is now the lowest ranked film that we can compare something to. But Brian, is there, is there any, any delight in seeing those three original actors together? Like, do they do anything interesting with that? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I listen, I will say this. there's a me too movement where Laura Dern's like, I was way too young. You took advantage of this. Me. I, I would say this. I think you can watch it. I would not pay to go see it. Okay. If you're going to pay money to go see a a movie in the theater, go pay to see Top Gun Maverick. Do not pay to go see this. Um, that's all I'll say about it. You can watch it and it's fine because I don't think it's that much different than the other ones mm. in the series other than the original, which is still fabulous. Uh, my other recommendation is Homicide Life on the Street and Katie and I will be doing a podcast on that show. The only the only listeners will be Katie and I. We will be listening. I, I think, to I each think, other there's, I think there are other sprints. Uh, my criterion choice this week is David Lynch's Blue Velvet, which is still streaming on the Criterion Channel currently, which has Laura Dern in a performance that you want to see, unlike her performance in Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, but go see Diner if you haven't seen it. This is one of those like uh, gems from long ago that I bet you a lot of people haven't seen that you should watch. And Jimmy, right. we'll have you, we're going to, we will not take such a long break, Jimmy. Now that we know you don't mind coming, we'll just bother you all. The time. Oh, I don't. Yeah. You come, we'll, oh, I'm, we'll have I'm you happy, happy to do it. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll uh, make sure I have my drink next time. Fabulous. Next time it's number six. That's right. Yes. Record setting. All right. Have a lovely listening rest of your day. Commenters. Bye everyone. Bye. 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 